either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Looking to take mom to a movie this weekend? Well, there's some things that qualify or to stay home and stream something. We'll get to that, too. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we'll start out with one very much intended for your mom and her friends. This follows the new journey of four best friends as they take their book club to Italy for the fun girls trip they never had. It is Book Club, the next chapter. How does a woman in her 70s end up getting married? She takes control of her own destiny. This is a bachelorette party. You know what that means? We go see naked men. What's the protocol here? Where do I stuff the dollar bills? I didn't realize it had been five five years now since the first book club. Yeesh. And that is, if you forget, that is uh, Jane Fonda and Candace Bergen and Mary Steenburgen and who's Diane and, and Diane Keaton, and they're all together, and they had a book club, and the first. The first go-around didn't have them taking a road trip. This time, though, we catch up with uh, not only the four ladies, but a couple of boyfriends they had in the first one. Don Johnson and Andy Garcia are back as well. And in this one, um, Jane Fonda's character and Don Johnson, they're getting married. So the ladies feel it's time for a bachelorette trip to Italy. That's right. There's very little reading uh, in the book club, (laughs) the next chapter. Yeah, because the first one was kicked off that they read... Fifty Shades of Grey right. was the book, and then whoo, hilarity ensued, or yes. not. Yes. <laughs> and in this case, yeah, they decide that they need to take a trip to Italy to celebrate. Vivian is her name, the uh, Jane Fonda character, a confirmed bachelor all of her years, and she's finally decided she's going to tie the knot with the Don Johnson character. There are two things I, I really want to commend the film for. Number one, it, that it has some respect for the veteran talent uh, in its film, because very often, you know, with like, for example, 80 for Brady jumps to mind because it was Jane Fonda's most recent film. But very often these movies, they're just laughing at older people and the crazy stuff that old people do because they don't understand not to do it. Or if they, oh, old people talking about sex. Right. Oh, oh it's a wing eating yeah. contest. Yeah. yeah. That and gets old fast. It really does because it's, it's, it's. You know, patronizing. It is. And this is not. I mean, you know, you're laughing with the characters as opposed to at them. That's nice. It is nice. And it's nice. You know, don't get either of us wrong. I love the fact that there is an audience out there that 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 merits these sequels. Yes. And, and 80 for Brady was a big hit. Yes. I love that. Exactly. I love it. Go for it. This is the the audience is ready for this. I love it. It just doesn't mean eh, it's a very good or funny movie. No, it's actually not a very good movie. But the other thing that I do like, like you said, they target their audience, you know, and and the audience for this film, they don't want uh, a lot of anxiety and and high stakes and and drama and sadness, right? They like the fantasy of four women well into their 70s, no financial troubles, no health troubles, romances in the air. They can all go to Italy at the drop of a hat. Italy is beautiful. You know, and I and I admire that. I understand that that they don't need to see something that makes them feel it, bad. Exactly. I totally get it. But get again, it. that doesn't make it a good movie. It's not. It's 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 pretty dumb. It's a fantasy. It's a, it's just stitched together hijinks uh, with very low stakes. That's the, the thing. cleanest, safest jail cell you'll ever see in all the world. Not a drop of rain at any point. <laughs> 
that's the thing, because even with those sorts of stakes, it can still be funny. The 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 jokes don't have to be that broad yes. and so obvious. And we've said many times, humor is very personal. So there may yep. be people that think this is very funny. Yes. God bless you. But it's just not the type of humor that is, it's just so easy. It's so easy. So while I love the fact that these movies are getting, that, that they're there, that they're giving these veteran talents these parts. Yes. And that the audience is there. Love that. Yes. But as, as far as a movie goes, not, not, very good. not really great. No. Now, the co-writer and director is Bill Holderman, who's back from the first one. Yep. So, you know, if you like the first one, you're going to get more of the same, except no reading. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> How about more, prettier locales? Uh, prettier locales. And there's something to, be said for, something to be said for that as well. I'm sure the target audience here, nothing wrong with uh, looking at some great landscapes in Italy. Uh, that, that's all yeah, great. Yeah, our four leads and some really nice outfits. Yeah. They look good. There you go. Yeah. It just seems... It seems very calculated, and and some of these so calculated that they start to get into that area that too many of the faith-based films do, and that is where they they just take their audience for granted. Yeah. You're going to be there, so we don't really have to work that hard. Right. I don't think this this one— Not yet. Not yet, but sometimes you feel like, oh, you're going down that road. But hey, if you like the first one, go for it. And this is Book Club, the next chapter in theaters now. Okay, how about a thriller? A detective investigates a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. This is called Hypnotic. What makes total strangers pull off an elaborate bank heist? Are you familiar with the concept of hypnotics? Hypnotics. Hypnotics have the ability to influence the brain, sound, voice. In light. Locking eyes. Hypnotics use them to make you see a version of the world that doesn't exist. I have to know everything. Why me? Why my daughter? You don't know what you're dealing with. What you're seeing isn't real! Get back! Hypnotics make everything that you see and do feel perfectly normal. Hypnotic is like Inception, only dumb. Okay, that they don't they don't put that on the poster. I can't imagine why. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, at least it looked intriguing by the fact that you've got Robert Rodriguez, yep. who is the co-writer and director, mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck is the star. Mm-hmm. Now he's coming off air, which he was the the co-star, more and director. He, and director, that's the thing. He he just continues to prove that he's 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 a very very good director. Yes, actor sometimes not as much, especially in the lead. Yeah. You know, I mean because because the last duel he was great and yeah, it was a supporting was. role as well. Right, and, you know, in the lead and and he's just a piece of toast in this. He just you know there's <laughs> there's no emotion. He's just very stale. He's a detective and he's trying to crack a case where the uh, played by Will, William Fickner, always great. He's some sort of a criminal mastermind, and he seems to have mind control, and he can make people do things sort of at his will. And Ben Affleck's character is trying to figure out what this has to do with his missing daughter. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he runs into a, a fortune teller, tarot card medium sort of a person, played by Alice Braga, who is going to help him figure this out. And then um, the longer you get into it, the more convoluted it is, the less sense it makes, and the more they're relying on you to not really ever sow logic into what you're watching. Um, 
But the thing about that is that it's also just not particularly thrilling. I I, I thought I, it was pretty clear to me about 10 minutes in that it was just it was going to be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, is it going to be one of those where you just sort of unplug your brain and you can really yeah. enjoy it? And I got to say. Really, no. And then as it goes along, it has some visuals that really, if you weren't thinking of Inception, you really will Yeah. after after a little while. Yes. And that's not a comparison that, that favors this movie. No. And, you know, and I was disappointed because, uh, although, to be honest, Robert Rodriguez has made as many bad movies as good. Mm-hmm. But, but the good his, ones are so memorable, yeah, and the bad still, ones are at least fun. Yeah, his name, seeing it there, still, still piqued my interest, sure. let's, let's put it that way. But, uh, yeah, it's tough when a thriller is not so thrilling. No. Uh, but I agree with you about William Fickner. When I see him as well, it's always like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. He's probably playing some weird dude. He was. <laughs> <laughs> and this one also has a, uh, a stinger at the end. If you want to hang till the end of the credits, there's a little bonus there at the, at the, at the very, very end. But sort of a, a lukewarm thriller and, and not one that's probably going to be remembered, especially in the mind games genre no. for very long. And this is in theaters now called Hypnotic. All right, well, how about something good this week? All right, here you go. The story of the meteoric rise and catastrophic demise of the world's first smartphone. This is called BlackBerry. We are in a race to get this thing to market, and we are a year behind. I need a prototype. I'll do it perfectly or I don't do it. Mike, are you familiar with the saying, perfect is the enemy of good? Well, good enough is the enemy of humanity. Get this baby in the hands of every Fortune 500 executive you can find. We call them crackberries. You need to sell a million blackberries. Uh, oh. We are calling it iPhone. In the middle of a hostile takeover! Do you know what the sentence is for multi-million dollar stock fraud? You guys have no idea how to run a company. What are they paying you? I shouldn't say. They're paying me $10 million. Yeah, me too. Do you know what this one made me think of from a few weeks ago? Tetris. Yes. We're like, you know, the 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 historical background for yes. these weird tech moments that we didn't know about. Exactly right. And this, of course, not a video game, but a smartphone. But it's very, very similar, similar because you get into this ride and it's so crazy. Yeah. It's just nuts. All this stuff was going on. So it's a it's a nice slice of history as well. And a sort of a time capsule that reminds you back in the uh, the simpler times of the <laughs> mid 1990s where these two guys in Canada, working at this tech supply, they had their own tech supply company called Research in Motion. They they went around. They tried to get somebody to buy into their idea that they North America had a free wireless network that no one had figured out how to use correctly. And so their idea was a phone that had built-in messaging and email capabilities. Boom. That yep. turned out to be the BlackBerry. And they finally got this no-holds-barred business guy to realize the potential. And he came on in exchange for co-CEO status. Mm-hmm. And that's when the BlackBerry and everything began to take off. And in the starring roles, you've got Jay Baruchel, who plays the uh, the main tech guy, who's still considered pretty much the father of the smartphone, a guy named Mike Lazaridis. And Jay Baruchel, you'll know his face if yes. you don't know his name. Right. Uh, he had a, the, the lead in that movie, um, She's Out of My League, mm-hmm. years ago, where he had the hot girlfriend that uh, was um, Alice Eve, and that, that's mm-hmm. been a while. But anyway, you recognize his face. He was the voice of um, in uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Been around for a while. And then the 
his co-star, his his co his partner in the uh, tech company at the beginning uh, is played by Matt Johnson, who is also the co-writer and director, mainly known for a movie called Operation Avalanche a few years ago. Then when the business guy comes in, the real bulldog, he is played by Glenn Howerton, who is fantastic. I mean, the other guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. From Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, he's fantastic. Now, the other two guys are good, too. Really, this whole ensemble is good. But the part that uh, Glenn Howerton gets to play, he's, he's just hes just a bulldog with these, these uh, business techniques, these business ambitions that he has. And he's just, he's, he's a self-promoter all day long. It's all about him, and he's going to get, and he's going to force people to uh, see his way of thinking and sell these products. And he does. <laughs> and and it just takes off, and it eventually became, if you remember, became known as Crackberry. Everybody had to have one. It was crazy. And then with the riches comes, you know, cue the behind the music uh, strings and commercials, you can just see the, the downfall. Absolutely. And the way it's set up is really, it's so rollicking, wild, and fun. It's a two-hour movie. It doesn't feel like it. I mean, it, it, it gets up in boogies. And <laughs> Director Matt Johnson, he he does a great job of setting the stakes early between the nerds and the suits. All the nerds in their office, they've got movies playing all the time. It's a it's a complete mess. It's frenetic motion, and it's filmed in a very the office style, jittery, shaky cam, in and out, all mm-hmm. this nutty stuff. But then when you get to the suits and the business people, that's very controlled motion, crisp lines, you know, stylish architecture, very very clear delineation there. Um, and then th- those worlds colliding is just interesting. It- it's really interesting when this this uh, bare knuckle businessman invades this type of atmosphere. It's it's interesting, and you're <laughs> you're drawn to it. And it's also very funny, and the performances are great. And it it speaks to you know we often see movies that speak to art versus commerce. Mm-hmm. This is science versus commerce mm-hmm. because the Jay Baruchel character he's very much a guy who. I, I unless I do it right, I won't do it. Where the sales guy is like, "Come on, I just need just give me some yep. prototype today." Right. Nope, not unless I can do it perfectly. And it's fascinating these clash the clashes of these personalities, and the actors are great in doing it. And later on, you get a sort of a glorified cameo by Michael Ironside. Nice, there he is, right? Where's he been? Yeah, and also Carrie Elways, he mm. pops up as well. So it's a great ensemble and a fantastic story and. How they went from 45% of the cell phone market to 0% of the (laughs) cell phone market is just an incredible story. And it's told in such a a rollicking, wild, funny, and really always entertaining way. I don't see how this could bore anybody. (laughs) And there's really a lot going on in the script. I mean, it comments on friendship. It comments on ambition, a cutthroat capitalism, and really just... Feeling like an outcast and, and trying to fit in, and it can take you off your off your intended path sometimes. So there, there's a lot packed in here, and it's all fun. It's just a really enjoyable story and highly recommended. It's called Blackberry, and it's out in theaters now. And a documentary next, one that's on Apple TV, but also getting um, released in limited theaters this weekend. It follows the life of beloved actor and advocate Michael J. Fox exploring his personal and professional triumphs and travails and what happens when an incurable optimist confronts an incurable disease. It's called Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. The story of me. Take two. Three, two. Here we go. Ready and action. I get it. I was 
big. I was bigger than bubblegum. I woke up and I noticed my pinky. Auto-animated. Parkinson's disease. I told Tracy the news. In sickness and in health, I remember her whispering. No one outside of my family knew. There was only one reason I took these pills, to hide. But all those years of hiding was shaking me away. To deny that part of me that wants to continue to go on and do things is, is to quit. The sad sack story is Michael J. Fox gets this debilitating disease and it crushes him. Yeah, that's boring. Well, this is one right away when I mentioned it to the morning show host I call on Friday morning. Right away, one of the guys went, oh, that's going to be so sad. I don't want to see it. No. No. It's not. It's not so sad. So do not let that dissuade you. It, it ends up being very hopeful and very uplifting. And this is from uh, director Davis Guggenheim, mm-hmm. uh, who did- uh, Oscar winner for yeah. uh, Inconvenient Truth. And he also did Waiting for Superman right. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Very good. And he sets this up, he anchors it in just a, a simple interview, and you hear him asking Michael J. Fox questions about his life, and and uh, Michael J. Fox is all, you know very endearing, as he always has right. been. Yep. I mean, he's one of the most... Authentically charming people. Yeah, I mean, you think about guys like Tom Hanks, just pe- yeah. people that everybody likes. How yeah. can you not like Michael J. Fox? Yeah. He's been that way really since day one. And one thing this movie did was remind me how many parts he had before Family Ties that I didn't realize. Mm. He worked early on because he was so small, he could play young kids while he was older. And so the directors liked that because he wasn't such an Right, you know, he a was more kid. mature, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so he had many parts before he landed Family Ties. And, of course, that just rocketed him to stardom and then back to the future. And yep. holy crap, he was the biggest <laughs> thing in a small package. So always been very likable. And then he was diagnosed with Parkinson's at the age of 29, wow. which is very rare. And for seven years, he, he, he hid the, the effects. Uh, and it shows how he was very clever in doing that, mainly to do with holding things in his left hand, because that's how it started. It all started one morning. He woke up and he couldn't control his pinky. And that's how it started. So, uh, and of course, now he's he's in the more advanced stages and the interview, he goes back and talks about his life. And it's it's very clever because the director, Davis Guggenheim and the the editor, they go back and they get clips of his old TV shows, his movies and even some some talk show appearances. And as he's telling stories, they weave in certain clips that seem to recreate what right, he's saying. Right. They don't. But the way they're they're used, it's very clever. And also there's a few recreations as well. But that's very clever. So it keeps what's basically a, a static sit down interview mm-hmm. keeps it very entertaining yeah. because when you and remind you of everything that yes, Fox did. Yes, and it's it's not only hits the nostalgia feels because some you will recognize, but it's just a clever way to do it. And then they're never they're never shy. Fox is never shy about his condition. You from the beginning he talks about it, and you see the physical therapy that he goes through, and he's very upfront about now his. He, he falls down quite often, and he gets injured quite often. That's just part of the deal. But he, even after the seven years of hiding, he, he refused to hide anymore, and he's just very upfront about it. And, and um, it, it ends up being uplifting because also there's a big family story. As most people know, he's been married to Tracy Pollan now for years, mm-hmm. and they met on the set of Family Ties. Yeah, I remember. So that's a great l- love story there. And now they have grown children. Mm-hmm. So you see him at home, and... And to hear him talk about, he still feels 
incredibly lucky to have lived the life that he continues to live, even though this is this has uh, affected his life so greatly. It's yeah, it's uplifting. It really is. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be scared off by being sad. It's not. It's no. it's a very heartwarming look at a guy who just continues to be an optimist in the face of this incurable disease. And it's very it's very hopeful and highly recommended. Again, it is in certain theaters. In fact, here in Columbus, I know it's playing yep. on the big screen. But if you have Apple TV, you can catch it there as well. And it's called Still a Michael J. Fox Movie. All right, let's move to Netflix. Ben Affleck has a new one. How about J-Lo? How about? Okay, here it is. Uh, while fleeing from dangerous assailants, an assassin comes out of hiding to protect her daughter that she left earlier in life. This is J-Lo in The Mother. Where's my baby? You wasted FBI time trying to cut a deal for yourself. And seven agents were killed. This conversation now takes place on our terms. Adrian Lavelle and Hector Alvarez are still out there. You and I both know the only way you protect that child is to disappear. You just gonna vanish? You put it with good people. Keep her safe. If there's trouble, let me know. I'm a killer. But I'm also a mother. Yeah, so J-Lo, whose character is only the mother, she doesn't really have a name, she's the mother, badass mother, Uh, (laughs) she is fleeing and she's protecting because she was a sort of black ops style assassin who then was trying to cut a deal with the FBI to deliver two of these guys that she was working with and had relationships with uh, that were big arms dealers. And that made her hunted by these bad people. And it just so happens she also had a baby. And as soon as she had that baby, the feds, well, she agreed to let the feds, the FBI, led by Edie Falco in a cameo, uh, take the baby. Because otherwise the baby was going to be hunted just as she was going to be hunted by these guys that she tried to turn in. So that's why she gave her baby up. And then she... She agrees. She says, put put the baby in a, in a good home and everything, and if there's ever any trouble, I'll come. I'll come running. Well, there's trouble. What? Uh, back, back when the uh, daughter grows up and is a teenager. Wouldn't it be teenager. funny if that's the setup to the movie? No, never any trouble. No, never any trouble. No. All, all good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so once there is trouble and the daughter is kidnapped, then the mother comes out of hiding, and she's going to go protect her daughter. So that's the setup. There's lots of chances for J-Lo to be very physical and fight, and she pulls it off pretty well. Sure. You know, she does. Um, they still glam her up maybe a little <laughs> bit more than this character would, you mm-hmm. know, but uh, she pulls the physicality off pretty well. Early on, it's it's very reminiscent of Man on Fire, mm-hmm. Woman on Fire, if you remember the Denzel, and then once she gets back with her daughter, it turns into Hannah. Because she's teaching her daughter the ways of staying on the run and staying alive and shooting guns and things like that. But uh, it's got its moments. It's it's predictable. It's sort of dumb with some gaps in logic in the uh, in the plot lines. But it's it's decent. It's director Nikki Caro, mm-hmm. you know, which also that that well one, rider, yeah, and that one caught my attention as well. So it's it's one of those, especially if it's on Netflix and you like. 
the action flicks. You don't yeah. have to think too much about it, but it's decent, and you get to see J-Lo kicking some butt. Do you know what it makes me think of is, uh, I think around this time last year, Lou. Yeah, Lou, with um, whom I th- um, Allison Janney. Allison Janney, yeah. which is a surprise. Allison Janney is a badass, yeah. you know, uh, ex. It, you know, it's and I like that that Netflix will just throw those out every once in a while. You know, yeah. just these mid-budget action films with a female lead. I yeah. like that. And it's not one where even if you have it on kind of in the background, you don't have to hang on every sentence. <laughs> I mean, you can clearly tell who the bad guys are and who the good guys are. You know, okay, she's protecting her daughter. Boom, let's go. The yeah. other thing uh, I got to say, because you mentioned that J Lo pulls off the action pretty well, and it made me think of Atomic Blonde because J Lo is a dancer, mm-hmm. and when Charlize Theron, it, having been a dancer, she really pulled off the choreography of action mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in an amazing way. And, and so now I always think, oh, sure, a dancer could do it. Yeah, I don't think I'd put this with an Atomic Blonde no, league no. as far as the action goes, but yeah, it goes it goes down pretty well, uh, and also. It caught my ear at the end. They throw in, maybe because of the Stranger Things success, you, you got a Kate Bush track at the end. I'm like, <laughs> nice. okay, all if right. all this is bringing Kate Bush back to the front and now she's going to be in uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, good. Yes. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, this is if you like the action, don't have to overthink it, and you got Netflix, turn it on, especially for Mother's Day. Why not? Why right? not? Why not? And this is The Mother with J-Lo on Netflix now. All right, let's go from Netflix to Disney Plus if we're hanging at home this week. After the death of his father, a boy growing up on a lunar mining colony takes a trip to explore a legendary crater along with his four best friends prior to being permanently located to another planet. It's called Crater. The sky on Earth isn't really blue. Yeah. Wow. The most important thing to remember. This is a bad idea. It's not just about where you're going. Ah, meteor shower! Addison, run! It's about how you get there. <laughs> the people you get there with. Caleb, what's in the crater? I don't know. Guess we'll find out. You guys go first. You're never quite the same as you were when you began. These were the best two days of my life. Well, we wanted to see this because of McKenna Grace. That's right. Our we, favorite interview ever. One, yeah, we were just talking about this that this week. We should probably make a post sometime. Because over the years, not only in, in, in radio, my radio career goes back many years, and then now with all the movie stuff, we've had the good fortune to interview a lot mm-hmm. of celebrities mm-hmm. in music and movies, and we were thinking about our favorite interviews. And McKenna Grace she is, one of them, is right there at the very Boy, top. she is a charmer. What a charmer. Mm-hmm. And very talented. Very we, talented. Since the beginning, really. Yeah. And she's still just a kid, and she's been impressive since uh, since really the first that we've seen her, going back to Gifted, I right. think. Was one of the first times that we can remember seeing her. But anyway, she's a fun interview. Seems like a, a sweetheart of a person. And she's here. She's the lone girl mm-hmm. in this group that is out to explore this crater. Yeah, they all live in this uh, lunar mining colony. It's, it's you know, hundreds of years in the future. And uh, they will never get off the mining colony. What I liked the best about this movie is it sort of understated, very anti-capitalism themes, which seems ironic for a Disney film. But, you know, the the there's one of the four best friends and he's being sent to the planet that everybody wants to go live on because his father died in the mines. And it's it's part of the contract. If your parents if they you know, it's part of like the death benefits that he gets to go. He doesn't want to go. He's only ever known this colony, and he only ever knows these friends, and he doesn't want to go. And so, basically, the film is about explaining to him, 
yeah, you need to just go. The rest of us are stuck here forever. Don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to us. Um, and so they take a road trip, right, which they're not allowed to do. And there's but it's going to be locked down because there's a, an asteroid shower coming. And so they hotwire this rover. That's why they need McKenna Grace. She's not really their friend, but oh. her dad is high enough up that she can get the codes to the garage. And what they don't expect is for her to say, well, only if I get to come with you. So then the rest of the movie is a road trip, essentially, mm-hmm. a road mm-hmm. trip film, kind of a Goonies thing where a bunch of t- of kids get themselves into some hijinks and, you know, nearly die and then don't and then become close friends. And But it's safer and more predictable and more superficial than any of that. And, and that's how it felt, particularly, and I'm sorry to say, in the performances. The performances felt very... TV ready, mm-hmm. uh, and so did most of the staging. Felt very TV ready, like this. No part of this film felt like a big screen feature that you're sorry you're catching on TV. It right. felt very much like, oh, this is a, definitely a straight to Disney Plus. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's got its heart in the right place, but there's also nothing remem- memorable about it. Yeah, and that is available on Disney Plus starting right now, called Crater. And let's stay with VOD for a comedy. When an accident at the workplace looks like a crime, what can be done? Well, one employee does what she knows how to do best, clean up. This is a French film called Employee of the Month. Oops. I'm seeing some accidents. Notre nouvelle vie dans le péché. Amen. Schlocketeer Daniel Baldwin reviewed this one for us at MadWolf.com. And why is she good at cleaning up? Because they work for the Echo Clean Pro. Okay, and if just FYI, if you're going to look it up on IMDb, it won't be listed as Employee of the Month. It's Le Employee du Mois. <laughs> du Mois. Du Mois. <laughs> it seems like that would mean my employees, but I don't know. What we don't means. know. We don't know. We took Spanish. Anyway, empl- <laughs> Employee of the Month for our purposes. And yeah, the Schlocketeer Daniel Baldwin uh, reviewed this for us. And it's... It's got a madcap sort of sort of uh, synopsis there because there's a yeah there's a death yeah. at work yeah. and maybe this could work out for the best yeah not just for the one death but yeah it turns into very much a, a sort of madcap adventure a very biting black workplace comedy and one of the things that is most impressive that that impressed Daniel the most is that it's really just a one location film but right. you, you never feel pending very rarely does that work very usually true. you're so visually bored by the time the movie's over but that's not the case case here the performances are great especially the two leads kind of a odd couple kind of best friends or frenemies sort of a situation <laughs> it's very very funny and uh and you know if you like the workplace horror and i do it's right up your alley and please and please whatever you do don't confuse it with the dane cook jessica simpson no employee of the month no. from years ago because that will have you wanting to wring our necks that's right that's not it. That's not it. We're not telling you to watch that. <laughs> We're telling you not to watch it. Le Employee du Mois <laughs> <laughs> on VOD, Employee of the Month. And one more on VOD, a documentary, a sweeping immersive journey into the world of wild horses that illuminates both the profound beauty and desperate plight they currently face in the western United States. It's called Wild Beauty, Mustang Spirit of the West. This kind of injustice is happening all around the country. And it should terrify every single American who cares about wild horses. Sweetheart, run. We're asking you, Mr. President, stop this roundup. They go across the border, and once they go across the border, they don't come back. It's a policy that puts small farmers out of business. The 
diverts the public's attention away from the effects of overgrazing by commercial livestock. I'm not sure what we're about to encounter. Oh my God. I can hear them crying. We've been listening to it for hours. We want to keep you here. It's some conspiracy. This is a government agency that is broken. Just keep rolling. Christy Robb reviewed this one for us at MadWolf.com. And if you are looking to be gutted, if you're looking to finish a movie and go, man, humans are the worst, Ashley Avis is the director. And when she filmed, she made the movie Black Beauty a few years ago. And that was when she sort of became familiar with uh, the wild Mustangs of the American West. And, and And it inspired her to make this documentary. And what you learn is that wild Mustangs are under the protection of public lands. And the, they are supposed to be, um, you know, kept healthy and able to roam free on these public lands. But instead, there are corporations that want to use that land to graze their 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 sheep and cattle. And so the these wild mustangs are being rounded up. Most of them die en route to whatever their final place, which is very often meatpacking any play anyway. It's a horrifying look at mismanagement, wild greed, corporate entitlement, and and just really the devastation of the most beautiful uh, sort of animal native to the United States. Yeah, it, it's sad, obviously, but it's one of those that you, you don't, it's a story you don't want to know about, but you should know about. Yes. And that's why it's a very very effective and needed documentary. And if you get into this one and and want to know more, a good bookend to this is a documentary that we reviewed back in 2020, I believe, called Public Trust. Now, that one focuses more on the fight for public lands and not selling them off, which sort of goes hand in hand Mm. with this. This, It doesn't focus on the horses, but it's another another side to the story. But yeah, this is a very important uh, documentary and an issue that really is sort of gets lost. I mean, there's so yeah. many huge issues right now. But I do think that this is one of the ones that drawing attention to it could really have an impact. Yeah. Whereas some of the other documentaries, you just feel like this is just too big for yeah. us to do. But this that's not the case with this. I think I think it's shining light on something most people don't know is happening in a way that may help to correct it. Yeah, and let's face it, especially when it has to do with animals. Yeah. Because the passion, mm-hmm. the passion mm-hmm. for animal welfare is so, so high with a, a large group of the population, that that's why something, it, you could see it causing right. action, you know, mm-hmm. spurring action mm-hmm. and maybe some real change. So uh, that is called Wild Beauty, Mustang Spirit of the West, and uh, Christy Robb's review you can find right now at madwolf.com, and that's out on VOD now. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Time to check back into the lobby. Daniel Baldwin, a.k.a. the Schlocketeer, always has the latest studio news. What's happening? Well, Evil Dead Rise and Guy Ritchie's The Covenant are both now available to rent on VOD. So if you haven't managed to catch them in theaters, you can watch them at home now. Cool. And um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, will be hitting Disney Plus on May 17th. So that's another close one for people to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. May 23rd, we'll see the VOD release of the creature feature drama Walking Against the Rain, which played at last year's Nightmares Film Festival. Yeah. Always good to see one of those roll out. Always. And Paramount's comedy sequel, Buddy Games 2 Spring Awakening, will open in select theaters on May 19th before hitting VOD on June 2nd. I cannot believe 
that movie is getting a sequel. <laughs> just awful. The first one, just awful. But, uh, hey, I'll have an open mind about the sequel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, speaking of open minds, of course, we had a really good Tetris movie earlier this year. We yeah. had a really good Nike movie earlier this yeah. year. Are you ready for an Eva Longoria-directed film about the creation of Flaming Hot Cheetos? I am. I've been reading about that <laughs> and hearing and hearing about it. It played a couple festivals, I think, already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, I'm here for it. Well, it is hitting both Hulu and Disney Plus on June 9th. So it's coming quick. Flaming hot. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I am for it. For it. And uh, June 9th, we'll also see the Shutter premiere of We Are Still Here director Ted Geagin's uh, latest effort, which is called Brooklyn 45. I believe it revolves around ghosts again. So. Yeah, I usually like his stuff. So, yeah, good. And June 16th is the VOD release of another Nightmares Film Festival alum, which is the survival thriller Peppergrass. Oh yeah, that one's finally coming out too. It yep. was, it was one of those. It seemed like in in a span of a, a few months or several months, we got three or four movies about truffles, and yeah. this <laughs> has a lot to do with truffles. And I'll leave it at that. But I really enjoyed it. I did too. And Netflix is premiering an Australian thriller called Run Rabbit Run on June twenty eighth, and then there's the military action or War Horse one hitting VOD on June thirtieth. If anyone listening is a fan of DTV action, it'll be one to keep an eye out for because it comes from William Kaufman, who is one of the better directors on the low-budget action circuit these days. Okay. And moving into fall a little bit, uh, Disney's Searchlight Films will release Yorgos Lanthimos' Frankenstein-esque psychosexual drama Poor Things in theaters on September 8th. I I always want to see whatever he is doing. I do, too, and it's got a great cast. It does. Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, Margaret Qualley, and Christopher Abbott. Yes. Nice lineup there. Love it, there. yeah. Sounds good. And moving on from this year's release date announcements, I've got a release date announcement for next year, which is Warner Brothers has finally set a September 6th, 2024 release date for Tim Burton's Beetlejuice 2. Oh! Which will see the return of Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, and Catherine O'Hara, who will be joined by Jenna Ortega, Monica Bellucci, and Justin Thoreau. Wow. Hopefully that'll turn out well. Okay, yeah, I know there's a lot of excitement for that. And the last bit of news on deck is uh, I guess Disney just had a big shareholders meeting earlier this week, and they announced that by the end of the year, um, they will be combining Disney Plus and Hulu. Uh, they'll they'll be, still be available separately for a time, but. There will be a combined version of the app rolling out sometime by the end of this year. Oh, by the end of the year? Yes. Okay. Figured that was coming. I didn't know it was coming this soon. Yeah, everyone kind of figured it wouldn't happen until next year because technically um, Comcast still owns a small portion of the service, but I guess they're going to be buying that off of them before the end of the year. Gotcha. Okay, well, you can always catch the latest news from Daniel. You can find him on the socials at The Schlocketeer. Thanks, as always. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking ahead to next week. Oh, it's time, isn't it? It's time, <laughs> it's time again. It's practice time. up, practice up. Get ready for the, the memes. Family, because Fast X is coming next week. Also, Master Gardener, so one we can look forward to. Yes, Paul Schrader's latest. Mm-hmm. A Carmen mm-hmm. is out next week as well. There's a remake of White Men Can't Jump. Ah, yes. Uh, one called Make the the Making or Making of an It Girl. Giving Birth to a Butterfly. Uh, one called Come Out Fighting. One called Outpost. 
Robots. And The Thief Collector. All right, that is all next week. But what about this week? Are you are you Team J-Lo or are you Team Affleck? Uh, we'll see which one comes out. That could be a, There could be some fights at home. <laughs> well, no, because J-Lo is on. You can't have box office. Uh, That's right. So no. It's all safe. It's yeah, all good. It's all good. It's all good at home. Uh, or maybe Book Club. You love that. The Michael J. Fox or Crater for Disney+. Plus. Lots going on for your Mother's Day weekend. So uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, we can do that. Easily found on Twitter. We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie-only podcast called Fright Club. Hey, we're taping a new one tonight. That's right. Yes. That's all there on the main website at madwolf.com. So keep in touch. Always love to talk movies. Uh, be well. And until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. And happy Mother's Day to you as well. Thank you so much. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>